This is True Self, a podcast about seeking to know who we really are using the language of astrology. I'm Laura Sweat. Water people, that's people with strong Pisces, Cancer, or Scorpio, have this capacity to deeply connect to others, to sense into our inherent connection to one another, to read what's happening for another person. And when we're soft and relaxed, these can be heavenly gifts for ourselves and for others. Think of the healing power of putting your feet into a clear flowing creek or of bathing in the ocean. Think of baptism, even. Most of the Pisces people you know are probably overall gentle, loving, sweet, and sensitive people. But the water capacity to sense into what others are feeling, to know what they need, is a superpower. And all water signs have the capacity to go to the dark side, to use that power to hurt people. When water people are hurt or they're seeking control, when we're flooding or storming, things can get out of hand. So you may know a few Pisces people who are overall loving and sensitive and who can also emotionally destroy you. Especially when we get a little fire sign energy into a Pisces, when we mix that fire tendency to flare and get angry with the high emotional sensitivity of Pisces, there can be a boiling over of emotion. I'm making this note at the top of the episode because we're going to talk a lot today about how sweet and sensitive and gentle and wise the energy of Pisces is. And that is true. But if you're a Pisces, you may not feel sweet and sensitive and gentle and wise all the time. You've got other stuff interacting with your Pisces stuff, and if you were already perfectly sweet and loving and wise, you wouldn't have anything to do here on Earth. But as we talk about the highest capacity of the sign, I hope you'll remember that you have access to this. If you're a Pisces person, in some sense you have come here to access all this sweet, gentle, loving wisdom. And that's a really incredible gift. It's something you can use to heal yourself, and by doing so, begin healing the people around you too. So today on the podcast, we're talking about the psychic, spiritual, tuned-in, capital L love of the sign of Pisces, the final sign of the zodiac. We'll ask how we can work with the sign of Pisces to keep opening to what the universe has to teach us, how we can stand in our sensitivity and vulnerability without hiding from it and become truly strong in that way. And we'll talk about how the sign of Pisces impacts your own life using your birth chart as a guide. The love, wisdom, guidance, and peace we can find in the sign of Pisces today on True Self. Last week, we talked about how Virgo, which is Pisces' sister sign, its perfect complement and opposite, knows what is true by following its inner light, by going to its gut knowledge and finding the truth within the physical, within the body. Pisces is also a truth knower, but it finds that truth a little bit outside of itself. If you're familiar with the chakras, Virgo works more in the lower chakras, like solar plexus down, and Pisces works more in the higher chakras, third eye and up. And so 
Pisces is more in a mode of receiving from the outside, and Virgo is more in a mode of receiving by going inward. Now, in some sense, everything out there is also in here. As the occult writer Lon Milo Duquette says, magic is indeed all in your head. It's just that your head is a hell of a lot bigger than you think it is. So the differentiation has to do with our own orientation toward the knowledge that we're receiving more than it has to do with an actual difference in what we're accessing from the embodied place of Virgo and the sort of spiritual psychic place of Pisces. But you can think of it kind of like this. Virgo is finding this source, this truth in the body, kind of like a physical checkup. You're going through, checking out what's going on with your body and where you find disruptions and things that aren't feeling good. That's where you can access uh, something deeper than what you have consciously accessed before, a deeper truth, a deeper wisdom. Pisces intuition, on the other hand, is kind of like tuning a radio to pick up on quote unquote outside frequencies. In other words, things that are supposed to be beyond what you can personally access, but you end up finding that they're not beyond what you can personally access as you develop this kind of muscle of intuition, muscle or instrument, I guess. I guess as you fix up the radio, basically. So what we can find with our watery intuition, our Piscean intuition, is often about our connection to the whole, to the collective. Virgo intuition is deeply personal. Piscean intuition is deeply collective. It's about learning that we're all connected and we're all one thing and that who you are is much bigger than who you appear to be. So when we're talking about that type of intuition, we're accessing stuff like our ancestors, our past lives, uh, what's going on for other people, their feelings and experiences. There's also uh, the phenomenon, you know, just supernatural phenomena show up in this place, ghostly stuff happening. I'm not going to pretend that I know what ghosts are because I feel like I firmly do not. But, you know, any kind of ghostly activity kind of falls into this realm of Piscean intuition. You're connecting to something that is out there that appears to be outside of you and kind of recognizing that actually you have access to it, that it's not really outside of you. We can think of this almost like tuning into the world soul. Um, Not only collective humanity, but kind of collective everything. So Pisces in traditional astrology is a Jupiter-ruled sign. The other Jupiter-ruled sign is Sagittarius. We have in those two signs a fire sign in Sagittarius and a water sign in Pisces, fire being active and creative and water being receptive and intuitive. So where Sagittarius as a Jupiter-ruled sign goes out and seeks the wisdom of Jupiter... Pisces, as a Jupiter-ruled sign, receives the wisdom of Jupiter. It occupies this kind of liminal space, this sort of place that is beyond the material. 
where it can receive higher wisdom. And as Pisces receives higher wisdom, to make it capable of receiving higher wisdom even, there are certain traits that go along with that. So I've already said it to death, I feel like, in the intro, but when it comes to Pisces, we often think gentle, sweet, sensitive, loving, kind, and wise. And the reason for that is that Pisces, when it's operating at its best, is able to access this higher wisdom, and higher wisdom makes you gentle, kind, sweet, sensitive, loving, and wise. That's what it does. So when Pisces are in their mode of being able to connect to the deepest truths, they manifest those qualities because that's what being in that liminal space of higher truth does to an individual. Okay, I'm worried that sounds a little too much um, love and light, fluffy bunnies and kittens. So I want to back off of that just a little bit and say that to be in a loving, wise, and kind place does not mean that you don't have your anger and your rage and your destructive destructive tendencies and all that stuff. Um, it means that you are integrated with those qualities, that you can have wise rage and loving anger, right? So uh, to be a beautiful, wise Pisces, you're not totally on the like totally nice and sweet tip. <laughs> we all have to integrate our shadows to achieve real wisdom. That very much includes Piscean people. So let's talk about how these qualities show up in a Pisces personality, a human being trying to integrate this really wild spiritual energy into their lives. So a little reminder here, you have all 12 signs of the zodiac in your chart. So Pisces is in your chart, whether you have Pisces placements or not. If you do have Pisces placements, then those Pisces placements point you to... I'm not trying to create alliteration here. Uh, They point you to integrating this access to higher knowledge and higher wisdom, this deep intuition into who you are in this lifetime in a way that's going to have a profoundly important impact for you. If you don't have Pisces placements, then you can look to the house of your chart that Pisces shows up in to get more information about how this intuition plays into your life. And also, there are other placements that affect your intuition and um, what we might call psychic capacities and stuff. So strong 8th and 12th house placements, lots of moon stuff can affect your um, psychic abilities, and also Neptune placements. So all that stuff together, there's a lot of stuff we look at when we're looking for people who can spend time in liminal space. It's not just Pisces placements, but Pisces is the sign that sort of most points us to where we're going with using those capacities uh, in our lives. So a Pisces person is going to have 
a gentleness and a sweetness and a sensitivity to them. I think that sensitivity is probably the number one quality I associate most with both Virgo and Pisces. In Virgo, it's like physical sensitivity, like there's certain foods they can't eat and things that they can't do with their bodies because they're too physically sensitive. In Pisces, it's emotional sensitivity. It's picking up on the mood shifts of others and uh, finding yourself very tuned into that and sometimes excessively tuned in. And so there can be a lot of pain, emotional pain for Pisces in that emotional sensitivity. What Pisces teaches us how to do in the end is to stand in that vulnerability, to accept that pain, to open to it, and not to shut down. And when we're able to do that, when we understand that we can tolerate our own sensitivity, then we're really, really opening to the wisdom of Pisces. Um, Pain is temporary, is basically what we can learn from this ultra-sensitive part of our chart, and it's not going to kill you, and when you open to it, you are able to receive wisdom from it. Emotional pain. is I know that pain technically can kill you, but we're talking about hurting emotionally here. And I guess to be transparent with the view here, it's that the soul is immortal and fundamentally unwounded through all of life's ups and downs, that you are always whole, that nothing is ever taken from you. And so staying with emotional pain is part of how you learn that lesson, that the core of you is never destroyed, is never even touched throughout all of the ups and downs of life. So when we see this very mystical, high-vibing energy showing up in a human being, it can look like being spacey, uh, being very caught up in the kind of higher knowledge out there, dreamy stuff that we have access to, and not being very grounded. The more earth you have in your chart, the more it will balance uh, Piscean spaciness. So if you're if you've got a really good balance between Pisces and Virgo, for example, you might have access to both your groundedness and your intuition in a very powerful way. If you're much more Piscean or even just generally much more watery and there's less earth in your chart, you might need to find people who have more earth in their chart who kind of help you ground and come back down to earth because we are human, we are incarnated, and we can't stay out in the ether forever. We have to come back into our bodies. We have to experience embodied existence. Uh, Otherwise, we become unhealthy. We like sort of can't hold all the energy that we're taking in. The sensitivity of Pisces and the compassion of Pisces is a lot of why it has a reputation for being kind. There really is a kind of, um, you know, I think when Pisces is still very uncomfortable with pain, the the kindness looks like I don't want anything to be in pain, which is a very impractical way to live. That's that's not a way that we can live in this world. When Pisces becomes more able to open to pain and to allow pain in, this kindness looks a lot more like compassion. It looks like the ability to hold space for 
the difficult feelings of other people and to allow that to be and to make room for it. Now, it's a big, big shift for Pisces to go from, oh God, please don't let any kittens get hurt, to I understand that kittens get hurt and I can hold space for the fact that kittens get hurt and I can love kittens totally while knowing that they're going to get hurt, right? That's a that's a big jump for a Pisces because Pisces is so sensitive that it's so aware of the pain of kittens that getting to the point where it can accept that is huge. It's very, very large. And it's, uh, I think for a lot of Piscean people, the ability to do that is something that they're working on for a lot of their lives, not something that just you know, comes to them in a flash and they're just able to do it. And the resistance to pain and to feeling the enormous emotions that they have access to as Pisceans is a lot of why we can associate Pisces also with avoidant behaviors like drinking excessively is the classic, uh, drugs, anything that kind of numbs out our pain, right? Because Pisces is so sensitive, it's also a sign that's going to be particularly susceptible to doing things that numb out pain. And I keep saying this, but that's also true for any of our watery placements. We we have extra sensitivity with our water placements, and that can make us uh, really freaked out by how painful the world is and wanting to tune it out and shut it down. And that makes us rigid and and unhappy over time, even though it feels like it's what we need to do to be happy. But there's something to be found in the symbols of each of the water signs. Cancer is a crab in a shell. It has protection. Scorpio is a scorpion. It has a shell and a stinger. It is majorly protected. Pisces is a fish. It doesn't have any shell. It's constantly taking in um, sort of just in this ocean of feeling without a shell. And so its sensitivity really is heightened and maximized because it doesn't have the capacity to turn it off um, or tune it out or kind of go within in the same way that Cancer and Scorpio do. So that's one of the reasons the sensitivity is really amped up in Pisces and also why substance use can be such an issue with Pisces. I recently listened to a meditative story, which is a podcast about a woman reflecting on her life as a midwife and how the advice that they were always giving women in birth as midwives was open, 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 that they were aware as midwives (laughs) that, um, part of what creates such intense pain in childbirth or what enhances the pain is resisting the pain. And so it's the midwife's job to keep telling you to open throughout giving birth, um, even though it's going to make you furious and you're going to want to slap her. (laughs) But she just has to keep telling you to open because the more you're resisting, the harder the birth is and the more painful it really is. And so that is what I'm reminded of right now as I'm talking about the Pisces uh, sensitivity. It's like there has to be this continuous return to opening uh, in the Pisces part of our chart 
even in the midst of immense pain, even if we want to slap the person who's telling us to continue to open, opening is what not only allows us to get through the experience, but allows us to access what's on the other end of the experience. So the Pisces relationship to that sensitivity and and to the way it can open them up to pain is a lot of the way you can experience different Piscean personalities. So somebody who's like working really hard to get to those higher levels um, or even who has been born with natural access to those higher levels, there's a lot of Pisceans like that, is going to be a more gentle, kind, wise Pisces. A Pisces who's really, really resistant to pain, constantly trying to turn it off, that Pisces might be a little more irresponsible, uh, spacey, maybe more childlike. Um, Not that you can't find childlikeness in both a very wise Pisces and also a very immature Pisces. You can find it in both. But, you know, there can be an, an immaturity in a Pisces who's really at the beginning of learning how to be a Pisces and really continually trying to shut down to pain. And I hope that you can hear what I feel about Pisces, which is that this is a very brave sign or a sign that is called to courage, the deepest kind of courage, the kind of courage that stands in the middle of immense pain and owns it and opens to it and allows it, right? So we don't always talk about Pisces as being brave, but I think courage is one of the central features of the sign, and especially it's one of the central things that gets developed through the sign. And then when the Pisces gets through that experience of facing into the pain that they have access to, the difficult feelings, the things that they're sensitive to in the world, on the other end of that is this beautiful piece, like this sort of sparkling roses and gentle flowing water kind of gorgeousness that Pisces also has access to. You can kind of think of that as like the end of the birth process when the baby is here, right? The new life has come into the world. So Pisces does own those really difficult emotional experiences. It also owns the gorgeous beauty on the other side of opening to those experiences. So with that being said, let's move to how Pisces characterizes your own life in your birth chart. If you would like a guide for this part of the podcast, you can go to my website. It's 8th.house. That's numeral 8th.house. The worksheet will be there for you to download. All right, let's start with Pisces and Pisces rising. If you're a Pisces or Pisces rising, the character traits we've talked about so far in the episode form what you identify with, what you bring in as part of your character, how you're perceived by other people, especially if you're a Pisces rising, and how you come in to situations, how you orient yourself toward the world. So that means a very sensitive orientation, emotionally sensitive orientation toward your identity and towards kind of everything in your life. You come into situations trying to understand or being receptive to, I should say, the higher truth of those situations and what connects 
everybody in that situation, the collective. So being a Pisces, Pisces rising, you're identified with that sensitive upper chakra part of of being a human being, your ability to receive, your ability to be connected to other people. And you might be less identified with the connection to the body or the inner truths that you have, right? So maybe tuned into the outer truths that you can bring in, but less aware of the truth that is contained within you in that Virgo mode. You tend to look for partners, Virgo partners, who exemplify that grounded inner knowing um, as a way to complement your identity as the more out there, higher knowing person. Um, So it's important to remember with our first and our seventh house that even though we identify more with the traits of the first house, we also have access to everything that we look for in our partners in our seventh house. So for any Pisces that feel like they're getting way out there, especially right now, oh my God, uh, doing things that connect you to your Virgo-ness, doing yoga, going for walks, getting your feet in the grass, anything that gets you grounded is going to help you come back into your body and balance your Pisces intuition and and even your emotional sensitivity, right? Getting into the Virgo stuff can kind of help you remember that you are an embodied individual and that it's not even necessarily something you are responsible to do to feel all of the pain of the world, right? You can you can just go into your own self sometimes, and that is often what you're called to do. So Pisces and Pisces rising have had Neptune in their first house. Well, if you're Pisces rising, technically, but whatever. Neptune in the first house for quite a while. This started in 2012, and it will end in 2025. Neptune transits are very, very long. And because Neptune is the modern planet we associate the most with the energy of Pisces, with this psychic intuitive phenomenon and all the stuff that goes along with it, that means that your Pisces-ness is getting a big enhancement over this period of time. You're getting real dreamy. Um, real psychic potentially, and real out there. You know, for the whole world, this Neptune and Pisces transit has been affecting our connection to this Neptunian Piscean way of accessing higher knowledge. In my opinion, this is why we've seen astrology and tarot exploding since 2012, just this uh, collective connection to Piscean themes that's unfolding. But if you're a Pisces rising, you are experiencing that shift in your sense of identity. It's, It's really kind of unraveling or opening up a lot in how you identify and who you are. You're also experiencing the Sagittarius Gemini eclipses that we've started this year um, as a, a series of conflicts that are unraveling in your identity and in your partnerships and as doors that are opening in your home and family life, Gemini and your career, Sagittarius. So all of that is to say This eclipse cycle that we've entered this year is very important for Piscean people, and there may be conflicts that are coming up in your sense of your identity over the next couple of years 
that are part of this whole new place that you're going when it comes to your relationships, your origins, and your home and family, and your career. It's totally fine. Everybody is experiencing those conflicts. You just have a, an extra special experience of those conflicts. And by that, I really do mean it's a bigger shift indicated in the lives of the mutable signs than uh, necessarily in the fixed and the cardinal signs. Not totally, but generally. Okay, so for Pisces and Pisces rising, the unique relationship to the pain of the world, to being able to open to that continuously and find the wisdom and the ultimate peace in opening to that, that is experienced in your sense of identity and your sense of self. So when the Pisces continually opens to this immense sensitivity in how they think of themselves and how they identify they are able to eventually access that beautiful wisdom and peace that is on the other end of facing into the pain without rejecting it or trying to hide from it. If you're an Aquarius or Aquarius rising, Pisces is your second house of self-worth and value. This means that your intellectual uh, humanity-protecting <laughs> Aquarian nature finds its sense of self-worth and value in its sensitivity and its kindness, things that don't necessarily come super easily to an Aquarian personality. Aquarius is much more intellectual than it is emotional, and it tends to want to logically work through things, but the Aquarius personality finds its sense of worth and value in its ability to be emotionally connected and sensitive and kind to have this Piscean wisdom emerge. So for the Aquarius, Aquarius rising, this Pisces second house means that the great wisdom of Pisces, as well as the pain we talked about earlier in the episode and the need to continually open to pain, and then the great beauty that comes on the other end of finding yourself able to open to pain for the Aquarius, Aquarius rising, that happens in this area of self-worth and how you value yourself. So when you can stay open to your sensitivity in this part of your life and you can feel all the things that you're feeling in this part of your life and not shut down to them and not try to turn them off, then you can get to this beautiful transformative piece that Pisces has access to, but this is the place, the part of your life where you learn that lesson of continually opening. If you are a Capricorn or Capricorn rising, Pisces characterizes your third house of communication, daily communication, daily travel, and siblings, an extended family. The third house is a cadent house, which means that Capricorn is not primarily characterized by Piscean energy. You might have placements here, which would make it more prominent in your personality, or you might have something going on, a nodal placement, something like that, that emphasizes it a little bit more in some way. But in general, Capricorn doesn't feel super Piscean. 
it still contains Pisces. And so when we look at how Pisces characterizes the third house, the way that we are approaching our daily communication, the people we talk to every day, and also our relationships to our siblings and cousins, extended family kind of stuff, then we can see that this sensitivity and kindness kind of shows up for Capricorn in their daily communications, daily relationships, and also in how they relate to their siblings. A Capricorn might experience that the way that they need to open up to their deepest sensitivity and their deepest uh, pain that they want to avoid might in some way show up in this part of their lives. So uh, I think the clearest way I can imagine that is through their siblings, that there's something that requires them in their, their sibling or their cousin relationships or something to kind of continually show up, continually face into their sensitivity and allow themselves to be transformed by that. But there's also a way in which it might show up in who they talk to every day and their kind of daily, the people in their either literal or virtual village that they're talking to all the time. Um, I think I'm just going to leave that there for you to interpret because I feel like I'm not going to do better with it by expounding on it, but hopefully somebody connects to that in some way. This can also mean that the Capricorn has Piscean siblings or extended family members, that something about this sibling-like relationship and Pisces are intersected for Capricorn, and that maybe um, the, the easiest way I can picture this is that the Capricorn is kind of playing big sibling to Piscean people and sort of being that grounding force in their lives. Um, otherwise you might even see people in the Capricorn's daily life as perhaps seeing this sensitive, sweet, and kind part of them just in their day-to-day -day interactions. They might show up in that way as well. If you're a Sagittarius or a Sagittarius rising, Pisces characterizes your fourth house of home, origins, family, and roots. So... One way that I think about this Pisces fourth house is that the childhood was characterized in some way by dreaminess, a lot of imaginative play, um, even maybe, I mean, I know this is weird, but even maybe some supernatural stuff. I, I think about that for Sagittarius Risings because um, I guess because I'm I'm a Sagittarius son, and the way that I relate to this from my son is that I had a very dreamy, strange, supernaturally childhood, <laughs> and um, and that's that's how I relate to it as a Sagittarius son. Being a Sagittarius rising is a little bit different. Um, it also might mean that the parents were very dreamy, maybe a little out there, that the primary experience of the parents was from this place of like, my parents are kind of attached to this different thing than what is necessarily materially uh, obvious. Parents might have been spacey. Um, what else for the Pisces fourth house? I guess on the, the sweeter end of it, the parent that 
creates this fourth house for the Sagittarius rising also might have been very gentle and sweet and kind. That can create the Pisces fourth house or be a part of the Pisces fourth house as well. For the Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising, and I just have a feeling that Sagittarians are going to hate hearing this, but it really is true. The sensitivity, the immense sensitivity of Pisces shows up in the relationship to your home, family, and origins, and that need to continually open to pain, to the pain that you sense, it comes in this home relationship, this family relationship. So for a Sagittarius, Sagittarius rising, in order to kind of deal with their own deepest sensitivities, um, be able to walk into and open to the parts of their emotional life that they would like to shut down to, they need to be able to do that when it comes to their family and how they relate to where they come from. And I guess maybe a little more explicitly, there might be something for Sagittarius rising about being able to accept the pain of their parents or of their family that is really important in working with this Pisces fourth house. If you are a Scorpio or a Scorpio rising, Pisces characterizes your fifth house of creativity, self-expression, sexuality, and children. We can kind of shorthand that to self-expression. So for Scorpio, this means that the experience of creativity, of sharing yourself with the world, of expressing yourself is really rooted in the... I'm hesitating to say psychic ability. (laughs) It's rooted in Piscean themes. So that involves your receptivity to the collective, the whole. Your understanding of being connected to the whole is really where your self-expression comes from as a Scorpio. It means that in your mode of self-expression, you are still in this very watery place of connection to the whole and even of opening to pain. So where Pisces really struggles with opening to pain and allowing pain, Scorpio struggles with it less. Scorpio is a little bit more of the water sign expert in opening to pain, but that has to do with the fact that Scorpio kind of has these built-in defenses. It has its stinger of a tail. (laughs) It knows how to protect itself, right? When we're talking about self-expression, Scorpio self-expression, Scorpio has to drop those defenses. It has to go into a place of sort of pure receptivity, uh, pure connection, and it has to face into emotional pain without its defenses. So this is the place where Scorpio can access that gorgeous, beautiful other end of truly, totally opening to pain, which is kind of all the love coming in, right? It's like being able to bask in that beautiful, loving place (laughs) on the other end of fully opening to pain. But for Scorpio, when you are self-expressing, when you are creating, you have to do that without your defenses. You have to do it 
in a totally open, vulnerable, sensitive Piscean way. If you're a Libra or Libra rising, Pisces characterizes your sixth house of day-to-day habits, the kinds of habits that add up to your health over time, and also of service. So that includes, for most of us, our employment situation or our work environment. The sixth house is a cadent house, which means that Pisces doesn't necessarily show up super prominently in a Libra personality, but it is there. And if you have placements in the sixth house, uh, Pisces placements, then it will be more prominent. Otherwise, you might not be as conscious of your Piscean nature as a Libra as some of the other signs might be, but you still contain this energy and there are important things to learn about your Pisces nature in your sixth house. So Pisces isn't the easiest energy to have characterizing the way that you form habits because it's very dreamy and spacey and out there and we don't necessarily want to be dreamy and spacey and out there when we're forming habits. We might want to be a little more grounded. So that can be a challenging part of being a Libra or Libra rising to have this kind of dreamy intuitive energy characterizing the way that you're forming habits. But one of the things that's really nice about having Pisces characterize your sixth house is that the way that you show up to service, the way that you show up to being in service to others is in this very sensitive, loving, connected energy of Pisces. So where the Pisces kindness and sensitivity comes in for Libra is in how Libra shows up to service to others. And that may in fact be in their employment situation. And it also might be other ways that they're of service, including like volunteer work and stuff. So there's an implication with the Pisces sixth house that Libra needs to face into its sensitivity in this realm of its habits and its health and its employment or the way it shows up to service. So So as we've been talking about, as we go through each sign, uh, what it means to use this Pisces wisdom of being able to open to pain, continually open and not hide from it so that we can get to the the love and the new life on the other end of that experience. Um, For Libra, that's going to be showing up in either your daily work, the place that you show up to work every day, that's where you're going to be opening to that pain, or even in the way that you form habits or the way that you experience your health. So that's the place for Libra where this willingness to continually come back to your sensitivity, allow your sensitivity and your vulnerability to be there, uh, can provide beautiful gifts and Also, the place where shutting down to your sensitivity, trying to avoid your feelings, is probably going to create problems. If you're a Virgo or Virgo rising, Pisces characterizes your seventh house of intimate partnerships and close one-to-one relationships. So as a Virgo, you're identifying more with the side of this polarity that is about felt experience intuition that comes from your gut, being able to go into your body and find the truth of something. And you're looking in your partners 
for the sensitivity, the emotional sensitivity, and the love that comes from that emotional sensitivity and and disidentifying a little bit with that uh, sensitive, maybe a little spacey, lovey, kind energy. Looking more for that in the people you bring into your life uh, to supplement. If you're a Virgo rising, you have absolute access to this Piscean part of your nature. You just have to understand that you're identifying on one end and kind of disowning the other. This is a way of of looking at our shadows, the way our shadows show up in astrology. So a very uh, body-sensing-oriented Virgo who just wants to talk about what's real and wants to leave, like, the out-there stuff, the dreamy stuff to other people, that person actually has access to that out-there dreamy stuff if they recognize that they're kind of disidentifying with it and start to integrate it into their identity. Also, Virgo, any earth sign is going to have a tendency to get dry, meaning um, very inwardly focused and not connected to other people. And so Pisces is like watering the ground for the Virgo or really any earth sign um, it's creating the the moisture that you need to kind of be healthy. So you need some of that lovey-dovey, spacey stuff in your life as a Virgo uh, to keep the ground watered, to keep you from getting dried out and, and cracked, you know? So you're looking for these Piscean traits of kindness and wisdom and sensitivity and love in your partners. Also... You are able to find this Piscean lesson we've been talking about of continually opening to your feelings, of not hiding from them, not shutting them down, but continually going into them. You're able to find that in your partnerships, your one-to-one relationships. That's where, for a Virgo... Continually opening to your feelings and allowing your vulnerability is going to bring you this deep wisdom that Pisces has access to. For Virgo and Virgo rising, the eclipses in Gemini and Sagittarius are affecting your relationship to your home and family in Sagittarius and your uh, career in Virgo, I mean, excuse me, in Gemini, but they're also affecting your identity and your partnerships. We talked about this last week, creating these conflicts and tensions in your sense of identity and in your partnerships as those new doors open uh, in your family relationships, relationship to where you come from, and your career. So this next couple years is an important couple of years for you, and you probably will be experiencing some kind of conflict or tension uh, in your one-to-one relationships or partnerships. You're not alone in that. Everybody is experiencing conflicts in the Pisces and Virgo parts of their chart, but for you, it might have a stronger impact. If you're a Leo or Leo rising, Pisces characterizes your eighth house of birth, death, and transformation. So... I want to point out here 
that I've realized recently that I've known a huge number of Leos with big Pisces placements. I think this is a, it's a pattern that comes up in my life specifically. Leo and Pisces don't have a lot to do with each other, just sort of from a overall perspective. Leo is fixed fire. Pisces is mutable water. They're very different. And uh, the sort of big, bold courage of Leo to express itself and be who it is, and the gentle, sensitive courage of Pisces to be vulnerable, they don't seem on the surface to have a lot in common with each other. But when I think about the fact that Pisces is Leo's eighth house, this comes into focus more for me, the relationship that they have to each other. And this is this is what it reveals to me. Leo needs to take its courage to be itself and apply that to being vulnerable when it comes to the big changes that come up in Leo's life. The births, deaths, and transformations. <laughs> I might not have said that the eighth house is about birth, death, and transformation, but it is. Um, but the births, deaths, and transformations for Leo in their lives, they're characterized by this yielding energy of Pisces, this releasing energy of Pisces, this, you know, just giving it up to God kind of energy of Pisces. And so for Leo, Pisces is this energy that you may not identify with off the top if you don't have Pisces placements, but you can connect to your sensitivity and your vulnerability and your capacity to continually open to painful feelings in these transformative parts of your life. The eighth house tells us how we shed old skins and become new versions of ourselves. So having a Pisces eighth house for a Leo it tells you that you shed your old skin and you become a new version of yourself through being courageously vulnerable. All right. <laughs> if you're a Cancer or Cancer rising, Pisces characterizes your ninth house of spiritual growth, travel, adventure, and higher knowledge. A lot of stuff shows up in our ninth house. It's one of the houses that sometimes when you're reading the themes can feel like it's a catch-all because you find higher education, like going to college, getting advanced degrees, you find that in this house. You find international travel in this house, like places that you might go. You find publishing in this house, a book you might publish or being like, becoming somebody respected in a certain type of knowledge. You see that in this house. And you also see higher spiritual knowledge, the spiritual growth in this house. I think that the last thing is actually what ties everything in the house together. I think that at different points in our life, we might experience, experience our spiritual growth, our spiritual expansion as going back to school, as traveling to a new place, as publishing something, but that ultimately all of these things really point back to our spiritual growth, our expansion as a soul. 
So for Cancer and Cancer Rising, this type of expansion into a larger version of yourself happens in a Piscean mode. It happens with spiritual release. It happens with vulnerability. It happens with being able to face into difficult feelings without turning away from them or turning them off. To put it another way, when a Cancer opens themselves up to this Piscean vulnerability, they then grow. They then expand spiritually. It is the ability to be sensitive and vulnerable that expands a Cancer personality and grows them, grows their soul. A Cancer or Cancer rising might find that they have a particular sensitivity in this part of their life. So perhaps particularly difficult feelings come up around things like going to school, uh, publishing something, traveling, that kind of stuff might be prominent for the cancer, cancer rising personality. They might find that they feel particularly vulnerable in those environments and those places. And that's an opportunity for them to kind of face into that vulnerability and open up and get access to that good Piscean wisdom that exists in this uh, Pisces ninth house. If you're a Gemini or Gemini rising, Pisces characterizes your 10th house of reputation and career and what you're known for. When it comes to Gemini, I often feel that I ought to point out that in whole sign houses, which is the system I use that allows me to tie a specific sign to a specific house in a really consistent way, in whole sign houses, you can have this additional point show up in your chart called the MC, which also has something to say about your career. So you could have, as a Gemini rising, a Pisces 10th house, and then you might have an Aquarius MC, or you might have an Aries MC, and that would change the way that we interpret this part of your chart. It means that the Pisces 10th house is a part of your career and also wherever that MC point shows up is also a part of your career. But the Pisces 10th house is important to understanding something kind of fundamental about the way a Gemini personality is constructed and the way it ends up showing up in the world, even if for you specifically, the MC point shows up in another sign. So the Pisces 10th house means that there is something about the reputation of the Gemini, something about the mark they leave on the world that is characterized by Piscean kindness, gentleness, sensitivity, and wisdom. It may be that the Gemini seeks out ways to be in this intuitive and receptive mode and ends up being known for those things, ends up being known for even, you know, psychic stuff. Um, I would say probably for most Geminis, that's not going to be the way it works. It's probably more along the lines of like the kindness and the gentleness of Pisces. And this ultimately comes out of the Gemini having had a much more um, perhaps harsh or critical upbringing that then the way that they want to show up in the world becomes sort of the opposite of that, an open, loose, 
gentle way of showing up in the world. A Gemini is not typically going to be known as somebody who is uh, very rigid or has any of those Virgo-ish uh, downsides. If if they're known for having downsides, they will be Piscean downsides of being kind of loose and, you know, going with their uh, intuition and not necessarily being super grounded. But they also can just show up in the world as these kind, sweet, sensitive people that can be what they end up being known for. And I think it can be helpful for Geminis to kind of balance their understanding of themselves as Geminis along with this capacity to show up in the world in this very sensitive, uh, loving way with this Piscean 10th house. The need to continually open to one's difficult feelings and not shut down to them shows up for the Gemini in this 10th house of career and reputation, what you are known for. And so Gemini might have sort of particularly painful experiences when it comes to the career, when it comes to their reputation, and the wisdom of Pisces that we've been talking through um, with all of the signs is to not hide from the pain, to learn how to be present with it, not hide from your emotions, not hide from your vulnerability, to stay open. And when, as a Gemini, you stay open to all your feelings and your vulnerability in this part of your life, the house of career and reputation, then you are able to access this higher wisdom and love that Pisces is able to access. If you're a Taurus or a Taurus rising, Pisces characterizes your 11th house of social circle and community. This might mean you have a lot of Piscean people showing up in your social circle. It might be heavy on the Pisces energy. Um, this can mean... Why are these the things that come up for me? A uh, lot of, like, uh, people who are good at throwing parties. I know that, like... Sagittarius seems to be more the party thrower, but I think Pisceans, because of their intuitive nature, are actually the best at throwing parties. It's completely um, just coming out of my own brain right now. Um, <laughs> but so the the character of your social group might be characterized by Pisces. Also, you might show up to your social group in maybe a little bit more of a vulnerable and a sensitive mode. So for Taurus and Taurus rising, this need to show up to Piscean vulnerability, it comes in the social circle, the way that you are received in community, the type of community that you form. And so there may be particularly difficult feelings to work through around how you are in community, around how you relate to others about whether you have a group and how you relate to that group. And the wisdom is to keep showing up, ready to be vulnerable, ready to feel all of those feelings, and ready to access the beautiful wisdom that is on the other side of continually open, opening to what we find difficult to feel. Finally, if you are an Aries or Aries rising, Pisces characterizes your 12th house of the karmic past, the connection to the collective unconscious, and the unseen. 
often with the 12th house, uh, we talk about how it's like the ones and zeros, the programming, the underlying programming of your personality. So you see how your personality shows up in your first house with your Aries traits of being fiery and protective and direct, straight shooter, that kind of stuff. But the underlying code happens in this sensitive, emotional, super vulnerable place of Pisces. That's where the code is written for the way that your personality manifests in your Aries first house. And I am going to come back to this idea that we covered at the top of the episode of the courage of Pisces, which is really like the deepest courage that exists. It's the courage to show up to our sensitivity, to the pain of the world, to continuously be vulnerable, and to know that we can handle it, to know that shutting down to that pain and vulnerability only prolongs it and opening up to it and being present with it is what will allow us to work through it, understand it, and integrate it. As an Aries, you are coming into situations with bravery, and it's a very fiery bravery, right? It's a courage that is sort of instant and automatic for an Aries. To me, the underlying code of that courage is the willingness to face into our most difficult feelings and deal with them instead of hiding from them. That said, this Pisces part of your chart, this very sensitive, vulnerable part of you is hidden from you. It's a part that you don't connect to, uh, certainly not verbally, like in a way that you can easily explain. But when there are things happening in Pisces, you definitely feel them. You just kind of feel them on more of an unconscious level. The advice I've been offering to every other sign as we've been going through the Pisces part of their chart is to locate their vulnerability and their sensitivity in the Pisces part of their chart and then really honor that and walk into it. For an Aries or an Aries rising, that's going to be harder to do because it's harder to locate what lives in our 12th house. And so the best way to work with your Pisces vulnerability as an Aries is to be aware that it exists, (laughs) to know that it is there. And perhaps I would even offer to put an emphasis on valuing the courage to be present with your feelings and recognize how huge that is and what a major component it is of the kind of directness and courage that you value in yourself as an Aries. All right. That's it for the sign readings. That's also it for this episode, and it will wrap up this series on the 12 signs. We've gotten through all of them. So next week or next episode, we're going to be switching format and talking about the astrology of the week, how that relates to your sun or rising sign and we'll be answering an advice seeker who has given me both a question and information from their birth chart so I'm going to be giving a little astrological advice if you want to ask a question you can do so on my website it's eighth.house that's numeral eight th.house 
And I know some of you who have asked questions have been waiting quite a while. So thank you for your patience. And I'm looking forward to getting into those. So next week is probably going to be a rerun. And then I will catch up with you the following week uh, for the new format. Please take good care of yourself. Uh, Make sure you're supporting your immune system. If you've been out at protests, do all the good releasing, letting go of stuff, stuff that this time is calling for. Sleep as much as you can, and I will talk to you very soon.